0: I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh,
1: good morning folks. This is Cowboy Bob from Heartline Ranch. With a Chuckle a Day podcast, these are stories about everyday ranch life that I've experienced, and I hope to everybody has a good time. We got a, We're going to tell you a lot about a young horse that we had years ago, and his name was Cisco. How about that, Cisco? What did we came up with a name of Cisco? Why was Cisco the it? kid? Yeah, Cisco the kid. We thought he was, you know, he was only 13 and a half hands. So he wasn't a very big horse. So I guess that's why we thought Cisco would be a perfect name for him. He
2: had little man syndrome.
1: <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Because I tell you what, you ask him, he'd tell you he was bigger than any horse out there. <laughs> yep. And from the day his feet hit, the his hoofs hit the property in there, he was in charge. Yeah. And they all... You know, it's crazy. I mean, you watch horses that are out there. We had horses out there 16 hands. And he was in charge. And that, that, that alone is pretty... Uh, both adm- admirable and laughable. And a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, and a real pain in the... Yeah, too sometimes.
2: What saved him was he was so sweet.
1: And he was a very sweet horse. And he had truly convinced himself that he was quite the stud. He thought... There was, Well, as far as he was concerned, there wasn't anything better than him. Now, we rescued him from a place in uh, Abadi, which was quite a ways from here. And we didn't really know a whole lot about him. We just saw him, and he seemed so lovable. And it wasn't coming from a—he hadn't been treated very well.
2: They were offering two horses. So we actually rescued two horses— Cookie the Mustang and we've got stories about her later on because she was quite the character and Sisko and the woman had lost her job and couldn't afford to keep them and so the grandmother had moved in with her and the grandmother fancied herself quite the horse person but was absolutely not the horse person she was cruel to the horses so when Bob started loading Sisko Man, he was anxious to go. He was on that horse trailer right, right then.
1: Yeah, you've never seen a horse so happy to leave their home.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was. Okay, where am I going?
1: Actually, here to give you an example of what that's like, we had to teach our horses to to uh, uh, just walk on the trailer. They didn't. They they weren't. They've never been feeling like they needed to get out of here, except when a fire came through one time. But that's another another story and different totally different situation and we we had to uh teach him how to get on and how to get off not all of them but most of them needed some help not cisco he, he
2: was on there in a minute
1: oh yes he was he wanted away from there and i can't hardly blame him so everything about him has been was was challenging for him until he got over here and then when he got over here his head evidently swelled up inside big time because he knew in his eyes this was now his ranch. Well,
2: he was the only gelding; Everybody else was mares. Yeah. So he figured they were his group to have and to hold and to protect.
1: Yeah, no, he just had a little slight problem there <laughs> in that his other testicle had never dropped.
2: He was what you call proud cut. Which is a real pain in the neck to anybody that's a horse person, and I'll let you explain what that means. Cause...
1: well, basically, what it means is when they go up, they go in, and they remove the testicles, they don't get all of the testicles that are up inside, and that means they're that they call that a proud cut, and you mm-hmm. know, like with him, they they uh, they 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 had not gotten all of them. And the problem with that is it doesn't happen with all the horses, but some horses take that to mean that there's you left something. So obviously you wanted them to be in charge, and you wanted them to be ordering people around and horses around, and so that's what they end up doing, or not all of them, but but a lot of them. And I'll tell you here now, his book is his picture should be in the book as the. Most stubborn horse ever after he was brought
2: Oh, my Lord. He was so stubborn. But now he was really sweet.
1: Yes, he was. I mean, he
2: would come up and nibble your face. And um, for part of that time, right after we got Cisco, my son was in the Army and he was missing in action for a couple weeks. So I went out there to be comforted by the horses because Bob didn't need to hear all the... Grief I was going through. And Cisco would nuzzle my face and let me lay across him. I mean, he was very personable.
1: Well, yeah, he he had a lot. He was always uh, popular out out there, even though he was trying to make horses obey him that were twice his size. They never seemed to hold that against him.
2: No, everybody liked him. When we had the vet come over, I had to ask the vet, what it meant what we wanted to see if we could get him the rest of the way yelled it because he kept trying to mount all the bigger horses and then about 10 seconds later it would go away and he couldn't do anything but we wanted to make sure that he couldn't impregnate any of the mares so the vet said that you know he couldn't get anybody pregnant anymore um and his stallion attitude he was too old to lose that attitude Simply by going in and operating
1: again. Yeah, I I never realized that once a once a horse is a stallion for like I guess that Cisco was what seven, six or seven years old.
2: Yeah,
1: and once they've been that old and they've been the stallion, you can remove you can remove the testicles, but they're still going to think they're in charge. They're
2: still going to have all <laughs> the obnoxious behavior.
1: Yeah, they got used to being in in charge, and they're not giving it up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Cisco is. Uber good at it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he really was. And yet, he had some really wonderful uh, qualities. He was extremely easy to mount. Yeah. Uh, He would come right to you. Uh, I mean, he was always, not always, but frequently hoping for a treat. But he didn't have to have a treat. If you loved him him, he was happy with that. And he was, so he was really, really a uh, very lovable horse. Plus, he had these great instincts. You know, he, he could figure out a person in about <laughs> two seconds.
2: A nanosecond. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he, he figured out whether or not he was going to want to have anything to do with them right away. And it was generally based on the concept of how they were going to treat him or how he thought they would respond to him or how he was going to respond to them.
2: If they acted like... He was in fear because he was small. He would have nothing to do with them. He'd turn his butt to them and kind of raise his leg like he was going to kick them. And then you knew you'd flunked the Cisco
1: checklist. Yeah, yeah that is true. Uh, he was he was very funny about that. And, oh my goodness, talk about a stubborn horse. It. I know we've said that over and over, but I, there's not another word for it. <laughs>
2: He used a lot of groundwork. He had been mistreated in his former home pretty badly and was real jumpy and scared about just about everything. And so we had to work on him to get him desensitized from things. And I I remember one night, one afternoon, it had been raining and I was out there spending some time with him because we like to handle him a lot when they're getting desensitized. And the rain dripped off the roof onto the ground and it made a hissing sound kind of like and that boy jumped straight up in the air and did a 180 turn (laughs) I've never seen a horse do that straight up in the air and then when he came down he was apologetic because he realized it wasn't really a snake it was the water Um, but he startled me enough to make me realize even though he was small you don't really understand how powerful a horse can be until you see them react to something that they're afraid of, even at his size. So we worked doubly hard to desensitize him, work him on tarps and dangle ropes around him and have him go across the top of things that he might not have understood like planks of wood and stuff because he could overreact big time, and we didn't want to be on him when he did that or have our customers riding him because he was the size that children would usually be on him. So we really worked on desensitizing him. And he was smart. He he did follow it. But one thing he did not like was having somebody get on him for a trail ride. He hated trail rides. <laughs> and so this story is going to lead into one of the worst trail rides Sisko and I ever had.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know we didn't when we first got the property we there was a little section that we didn't really own yet and so what we had to do was ride alongside the road and uh, and then go into the national forest and with all the other horses that was just not a big deal and so we didn't we didn't we knew it would be more convenient not to have to do that and actually if we'd asked the owner of the property i'm sure he would have given us permission But at that time, he was in the process of dying. And so there was really no way to even talk to him about it. He kind of always indicated that he didn't care if we... uh, He
2: used to let us ride back on the main part of the property just fine.
1: Yeah, but we just didn't feel... I don't know. We'd
2: have had to cut part of the fence to do it.
1: Yeah. And we weren't
2: comfortable doing that.
1: So we just... So we would walk along the edge of the road or or ride along the edge of the road, depending on who the rider was and who the horse was.
2: Uh, (laughs) Well, I was riding Cisco for about two seconds when a guy in his truck and a trailer that rattled the worst thing you've ever heard rattle. I think he had poles stacked on it, and and it wasn't tied down, and so it was really rattly, and Cisco really kind of went to the rodeo for a little while. And so I got off of him pretty quickly and walked in the rest of the way to the National Forest. And after that day, I never rode Cisco beside the road because you cannot believe how many noisy vehicles go down that road. They're he, going out of town and usually to a ranch to do some work. And so everything rattles and flies. Well, flaps not and only that,
1: you'd be surprised at how many people will honk and wave at you.
2: Yeah, thanks, but no thanks.
1: <laughs> you're on a horse. No
2: thanks to anybody that wants to honk <laughs> yeah. at a horse rider as they go by. Note to self.
1: Yeah, that's a terrible thing to do. Now, most horses, it's not a big deal at all. I fully agree. But what about the horses that it is?
2: Like Cisco.
1: Yeah, you're putting a rider in a lot of danger. Uh, yeah.
2: So anyway, Bob was ahead because I always had him lead. He's Bob's a horse person, and I'm still the learning person I still I'm good with instincts about horses but as far as how to ride and what to do and stuff, Bob is the one that does it. So Bob's riding out ahead over to the National Forest and I'm walking Cisco. So it was pretty soon a very far away that I was from Bob and walked Cisco over. And for some reason Cisco had developed a dislike for the National Forest. I don't know why. It had to have been from before we got him. Or maybe it could be the time that he got out of the fence and couldn't get back in. Because one time he got out of our a weak spot in our fence and couldn't get back in. So
1: And that distressed the heck out of him. Yeah,
2: I couldn't figure it but so it might be from then. Which we'll talk about another time. But anyway, I let Sis go in to the trail in the National Forest. And I found... Uh, an old refrigerator. It sounds awful, but there was lots of trash in our part of the National Forest. So I lined Cisco go up with the old refrigerator to mount, use it as a mounting block. And I got up on him pretty successfully. But he decided he didn't want to go into the National Forest. And he found a pile of junk, including barbed wire, great big pile of it, behind us and kept backing up into it and backing up and backing up And I was determined he wasn't going to make me back up. But he obviously knew he was in charge, that little (laughs) idiot. Kept backing up and backing up. And he had his back legs in the barbed wire before Bob finally said, you need to get down right now because he's not going to quit. Son of a gun, I got down.
1: That's part of your learning process.
2: So I got ready to take him back over to the refrigerator to mount again, and he stood still, but he didn't really. I, I could tell he knew what I was going to do, and I wanted to ride forward and follow Bob on his other trail in the National Forest. So again, he backed up, backed up, backed up, and I kept trying to make him move forward, and he wouldn't, and I had to get down again. There was no three times in your out with this guy. So, I told Bob, go ahead and go on your ride There's no sense in letting Sisko ruin your ride I'll walk him home And Bob says, oh, are you sure?
1: Yeah, she was not a very happy camper about that And I guess some of you think I'm mean because I'm leaving We've got to remember, I'm just riding a little ways in the National Forest And these horses all need to be ridden and uh she wanted to walk him, so I said, Yeah, go right ahead. Well, that also had some funny stories about it. When she walked him in, she, she I told her I did tell her, I said, Now when you walk him in there, you can't reward him for not going on the ride. Because if you don't make him ride, and I don't I think it would be dangerous for you to do that now, that's the thing to do. But when you get back there, you need to talk to that horse and put him through some paces, and uh, we call it—we put him in a round pen, and we we chase him around basically, and uh, we chase and I'll, I'll let her tell you how much she chased him around.
2: Well, it wasn't just that he wouldn't ride; <laughs> it was that he had this smart alecky look on his face, like "ha ha ha," <laughs> I beat you, and he kind of had this little trit trot trit trot like. Yeah, we're doing it my way. And he just kept looking at me like I was a fool, and I was so ticked off. Now, you have to understand, I have a background of rescuing dogs and horses where I really hate how people mistreat animals. So there was no way I was going to abuse him or whip him or anything else like that. But I was so ticked off. Well, I talked at him, yelled at him all the way back down the road he thought he wanted to go faster than me in walking there was no way that was happening i yanked on his halter and made him walk my speed and backed him up a little bit and so we finally walked over to our property and i put him in the round pen and i mean to tell you we went backwards we went forwards we did figure eights we did backing up we went along by the fence and i got off him to open the fence While I was still on him, we worked until we were both into a sweat. And I don't think he thought he avoided any hard work. (laughs) No. I think he realized, because when Bob came up with Scout, after they were done with their ride, we were still in the round pen. So I'm thinking I had Cisco in there doing groundwork with him for an hour and a half. And Which t- might have been a little excessive, but...
1: but Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, I, I follow some people. Uh, I, I watch a lot of Clinton Anderson. I think he's a, a, a very good horse trainer. Do I agree with everything that he does? Of course not. I listen to... I've read and listened and have tapes of virtually every single one of them trying to improve myself. And the one thing I do, do believe in is I like to do natural horsemanship and I don't want to be hitting a horse and I don't let other people hit a horse you have to remember one thing though sometimes you have to be pretty pretty aggressive with the horse because that that horse could hurt you you know and and that's something that you have to you have to protect yourself you have to be careful and I certainly would have a cow if I saw anybody hit one of my horses oh boy that would, that would be a big, big mistake.
2: We've kicked people off the property for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. and So, you know, but you do have to be firm, firm with them. And and that's where you take them in there. And you take them in that round pen and you make them run around. You have them go different directions. You have to do make them do figure eights. You make them have, circle around. And then when they're nice and tired, then you make them let you mount them. And you don't go very far with them on it. But it's a good idea for him to know that you're in charge. There has to be a leader.
2: And for anyone that's wondering, there was a water trough right there in the round pen. So he had access to water. So he wasn't like being mistreated. If you had walked up to him right then, he would try and give you the face that, Oh my God, they're killing me. But that's not the case. He had water. He just had to work a little bit. And one of the things that I had learned from from Bob and from the other things, was from the other, like, um, Anderson and some of the other ones that train um, Buck Brannaman was that you needed to make the horse be uncomfortable with his suggestion. In other words, if you're doing something and he'd rather do something else, you need to make him do what you want him to do, turn him in a different direction so. Every time Sisko wanted to go to the right, I'd make him go to the left. So that he realized he had to follow what I was doing. And so after that day, Sisko never tried to boss me around. But I will say, after that day, I never took Sisko into the National Forest either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that was kind of a a truce. (laughs) Well,
2: (laughs) you know, our part of the National Forest at the time... Since we've had the fire, it's not this way. But at the time, there was a lot of garbage oh, it dumped will. around. Yeah. And you couldn't tell if you were going to walk into a barbed wire and we had a neighbor kid that would ride his motorbike. We, we used to call him Devil Kid because <laughs> <laughs> Devil Boy, because he would ride in with his motorized vehicle right beside where our horses were and they'd all go to the rodeo. or Or we finally got them to calm down about it, but it was scary, and so that part of the National Forest was not a lovely go and a ride and be in a park kind of thing.
1: No, it wasn't like that at all. It
2: was, there were dead bodies.
1: Yeah, it had been a, used bodies. as a dump. I mean, people would... Barbed wire. I mean, it, it drives me nuts. I can't understand why, how anybody thinks they have the right to go and dump their garbage in the National Forest. I mean, how could you possibly be that foolish?
2: But that's what we had. So um, it got so that some of the horses were not too comfortable with those trail rides. Anyway, um, later on, after we owned the land, the the four hundred and fifty acres that was beside us and behind us, then we had our own trail, and that was a whole different matter.
1: Yeah. After that, we really didn't go on national forest land. Still haven't. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's uh, it just it didn't work for us. Let's put it that way.
2: It was unpredictable. Yeah. If you wanted to concentrate on having a good time, and being with your horse, our own private land ended up being a lot more.
1: Oh goodness! Pleasant. Yes. Of course, it costs a lot more money to get. But yeah. <laughs> and it took a little while because the guy that owned it was dying, and you know it's hard to negotiate with somebody that's on their uh, that's on their deathbed.
2: Yeah. So anyway, after he did pass, then his kids made us a good deal on the land, and we bought it. And that was the beginning of Bob taking people on trail rides with our horses. But before we actually went on those trail rides, we had to get all the horses ready to be ridden by most anybody. And most of the people that rode on the rides would usually lie about their skill. I don't know why, because the horses knew in a second if they could ride or not. But yeah we've,
1: we've had some really funny stories there. She... <laughs> You know, see, we've had all kinds of people. We have people come up sometimes, and they and they try to get on a horse. They I have to understand now, they just finished telling me that they've been riding for years. And so then they walk, but they haven't for a couple of months, or maybe six yeah. months. But they, they have lots of riding experience. And they walk up, and they put their right foot in the stirrup. And that's when they realize, oh, this won't work. I'll be facing the rear of the horse.
2: We had a guy come up that was telling me that he had ridden all the time when he was a child. And he got up on the mounting block, because we use a mounting block to protect our horse's backs. And this guy was a little heavier than what we wanted to be on Slim. And Slim was our biggest horse. And so he's standing there on the mounting block and asked me, which foot do I put in the stirrup? I said, well, why don't you try your right foot and see how you like his butt? I was just done with this guy. And Slim looked over at me and rolled his eyes, I swear to God. And rolled his eyes like, I just don't want to take this guy on a ride. And and the thing is that Slim won't buck or crow up or anything. But he will go over to a patch of grass and just let you sit on his back while he eats.
1: And you, if you don't know him, you're not an experienced rider. You have no hope of get, <laughs> getting him to move. It won't happen. I don't care what you no, say. No, he
2: looked over at me like, Mom, I'm not taking this idiot on a ride.
1: <laughs> Finally, I had to go over there and say, uh, here, I, I, I will switch horses. Uh, my, of course, my horse, I think, was looking at me. She going, was not happy. Why do I have to do this? If Slim won't do it, why, why do I have to? <laughs> and so, but that was the only way you were going to uh, get him out of there. So... Yeah, that was another funny yeah, funny ride. And, and it's so needless, okay? Because if you come up and you tell us that you can't ride or you haven't ridden in years and you, you need help, that's what we're here for.
2: Bob would always take time to teach people how to safely ride and the horses would actually relax then, knowing that they'd had a little bit of instruction and the horses would be more cooperative and everything. So anyway, there's lots of stories around that that we can get into another time. But this was the story about Cisco teaching me that he wasn't going to ride in the National Forest and me teaching Cisco that I could be as stubborn as he was and not let him win.
1: So basically we had a draw.
2: We had a draw. (laughs) But that horse never ignored me again.
1: No, that's true. So this is uh, a... it for us today. We hope everybody enjoyed it, and we look forward to having another few chuckles tomorrow.